0: The CPHI podcast series.
1: Welcome to the CPHI podcast series for our last episode of the year. I can't believe we're here. It's been a whirlwind of a year for the farm industry. There's been so many changes that have taken place over the last 12 months and I can hardly keep track of them. I'm Lucy Chard, digital editor for CPHI Online, and for this special year end episode, I'm joined by my colleagues, Vivian Shea. Editor for CPHI Online, and Tara Dougal, Content Director for Pharma, to take a retrospective look at 2023. So, hey Viv, hey Tara, thanks for joining me today.
0: Hello, great to be here.
1: Yeah, thanks for having us. So, first off, we're going to chat a little bit about some of the biggest topics of the year for each of us something that is a bit of a passion for us as individuals and that have all had a real impact on the pharma industry as a whole. So Viv, I think you're going to kick things off for us by talking a bit about diversity.
2: Yeah, so this year we started our first Women in Pharma interview series where we sat down with a leading woman in the pharmaceutical industry each month to discuss their work and how to champion gender parity in the workplace and beyond. So we had a few really interesting uh, interviews, some of which I'd like to highlight. One was Mindy Leffler, who's the Managing Director of the Qualitative Research and Psychometrics Group at MS Endpoint Solutions. This interview was really interesting because she is a co-founder of MS, which is a female-founded startup turned CRO, So they're a patient-centric CRO dedicated to rare disease clinical services, and this company was actually founded with some personal experience for Mindy with rare diseases, as well as the other co-founder as the driving force for founding the company. So uh, it was really interesting speaking with Mindy about the impetus for founding MS and how they continue to champion gender parity within the company by including individuals of all genders uh, in the conversation. I also spoke to Namrata Gill, who's the VP of Human Resources at Dr. Reddy's, and she spoke about hiring uh, across the gender divide, so really implementing gender inclusivity within talent acquisition practices and how to champion women from different groups, so women who've been out of work for a long time and are coming back into the workforce, retirees, women who are also homemakers. So it was really interesting speaking with her about how to include those populations within the conversation. This year at CPHI Barcelona, we also had our first dedicated diversity track, and we had several sessions, including a panel discussion looking at talent acquisition and hiring for diversity, uh, which included a very diverse panel of talent acquisition experts. So it was a really exciting year for looking at diversity within the pharmaceutical industry.
1: Yeah, no, that sounds super interesting. And it's so great to be able to speak to all of these women in pharma, these leaders and get their opinions on all these different aspects. I think it's really inspiring and great that we were able to have that panel at CPHI as well. I think, Tara, you have a few more things to say on CPHI Barcelona.
0: Yeah, so CPHI this year in Barcelona was really a bumper year. It was a bumper event. I mean, we had record-breaking attendance this year. We had an absolutely packed content program which featured product innovation sessions. So a lot of our leading pharma partners who exhibit with us come to present their new innovations, their products, their solutions. So a great opportunity to see what's new. We also had, as Viv mentioned, the diversity session, which was a great new feature. Uh, also important sessions on sustainability and how to move the needle when talking about sustainability discussions. We also had an eight-track conference. So each track was looking at kind of a blockbuster part of the pharma industry or key trends. And by the way, everything is available to view on demand on CPHR online. So if you weren't at the show, or if you didn't manage to get around all the content sessions, you were stuck on the show floor, maybe then make sure you check out the on-demand content library on CPHR online. I think one of the best tracks for me was our partnering for success track. So in this one, we gathered together a lot of leading CDMOs and key thought leaders from across the outsourcing and the partnering value Chain and you know, a large portion of our clients coming to CPHI are CDMOs offering a suite of different services, and a large portion of our audience are people who have molecules or products that they're looking to move through development and to commercialize as soon as possible. So, they're really looking to find value based partnerships with trusted partners, essentially. So we had a really powerful panel discussion in which we brought together several different CDMOs to question them on you know, what's changing, what's changing in the CDMO landscape at the moment. And the resounding feedback was that those relationships between sponsors and CDMOs are evolving and we're seeing that become much less transactional and much more about a partnership and that's because the the products are getting more complex, uh, capacity can be a challenge. So it's really, you know, as I said, finding those value-based partnerships, finding someone that you can trust. And CPHI has always been a really important platform for bringing people together. So aside from the conference, we also launched a really exciting new feature on the show floor this year, and that was our startup hub. So this was brand new for 2023 super exciting because we actually brought together 40 young startup companies to exhibit on the show floor. So they were bringing a whole range of different products and solutions that came from all over the world. We know that the way R&D is run is changing now. So a lot of people are outsourcing their R&D. Internal R&D is being scaled back. And that's because a lot of pharma companies are looking to buy in innovation or to partner with specific companies for drug discovery or new tech needs. So we wanted to make sure that we had a focus on innovation on the show floor. And that really delivered this year. It was such an exciting feature. And next year in CPHO Milan, we're going to be bringing, we hope, 100 companies. So significant growth for the coming year.
1: That's a lot of companies. Um, we're definitely going to need a little bit more space, I think. I mean, I thought the startup market at Barcelona was was amazing. It was just, it was so nice to be able to walk around the floor. And it was just right there, you, you know, walk straight into the middle of it. And then you, you had so many questions like, what's going on? All of these companies, they look amazing. Their stands look great. And everyone was also just so engaged in conversations. And when they had their startup pitches as well, everybody was watching them. And it was just, it was really, really nice to see everyone coming over to the startups and really getting involved and i think it worked so f- well for them as companies and even in um, last month's episode i was talking to matthew wise from ccd partners who put together the disruptor watch list on the startup companies that we featured at the event and i mean he said it was brilliant going there and seeing seeing the companies in themselves and talking to to the ceos and everyone and the founders there and really having just everyone on the ground and being able to like make those connections it's like as you said it's like the biggest part of CBHI so it's really really nice to see that and yeah Milan should be even bigger which will be very very cool so I think for me one of my my little passions is sustainability so I always like to write a lot of articles about sustainability, which is really nice, and we get to cover it a lot on the site throughout the year, and we've covered it in so many different ways, different like news articles, uh, interviews, and things like that. Leading up to Barcelona, we had a series of interviews with our sustainability partners, which was great, and it got to we got to show them, and they each had their presentations at the show as well. So that was really brilliant to be able to speak to them and see what they're individually doing. And then we also, I mean, we've had podcasts on sustainability, we've had it about creating a circular economy, and also had an interview with Nellie about Chief Sustainability Officer. So we've been able to do really a lot about sustainability over the past year, which has been really wonderful. And the biggest thing for me, I think, was definitely the sustainability trend report that we put out around the middle of the year. It was a really, really... Fun piece to work on and got to speak to a lot of experts and thought leaders in the area from IQVIA, from the PSEI, Bioforum. That was really, really fascinating for me. I certainly learned a lot. And the report covers everything really in the supply chain in pharmaceuticals. So it's all the way from sourcing raw materials right at the beginning and procurement and distribution, transport, manufacturing. It's literally everything. And then we cover waste management, water it's just there's so many things that come into it. And we really focused on the scope one, two, and three emissions uh, in the report and how this comes into each aspect of the supply chain. I found that particularly interesting because we are only really as an industry starting to focus on scope three emissions, which are really, really important. They're the sort of hidden emissions, but they often make up such a high proportion of what the pharmaceutical industry is putting out into the atmosphere. And it's really, really important that we recognize that and can quantify it and cut down on it. So I think the report was really key in highlighting that and also how we can tackle that and it was just very very interesting to be able to write that and learn about that I think it's been really well received and I'm really looking forward to building on it next year we're going to have another sustainability report we're going to speak to even more experts and see how the sustainability field has really progressed in the last year see what progress we've made it's COP28 at the minute and I know it's being held as like um, in the pharmaceutical and healthcare industries as a really really of high importance so hopefully we'll see some really good initiatives come out of this this year too so looking forward to just continuing to talk about it and continue to work on sustainability really
0: absolutely Lucy. i think uh, it'd be great to see what comes out of that report in 2024 because i think we're getting to the stage now where we've been working collaboratively with the industry on basically disseminating information on sustainability. So what does it mean to be sustainable? What are the biggest challenges? Um, How can you get started with your own strategy? But what we really hope to do next year at CPHI is to say, okay, how can we move beyond that? How can we look at pledges, actually achieving goals? What's the reality of becoming a more sustainable pharma industry and something we've been hearing from a lot of our partners that we work with such as the Pharmaceutical Supply Chain Initiative and Bioforum and Energize who all have a member base and are all trying to support the industry on moving forward their sustainability goals is that Supplier engagement and transparency of your suppliers' own sustainability initiatives is really, really important. So I think a key focus area for us next year in terms of the report, but also in the content that we bring to our global shows, it's going to be around how can you optimise supplier communications? How can you create more transparency throughout the entire supply chain? Um, So looking forward to seeing how that evolves next year.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it almost um, ties in very nicely with what you were saying earlier about the partnering for a success track at CPHI Barcelona. I remember attending that, that panel discussion for that track at the event. And that was one of a key thing that they were speaking about, talking about sustainability. It's what they look for in long term partnerships as well. Now that people are trying to forge partnerships for the longer term. And it's a it's a really key thing, and it's it's one of those things that they can only make change if you work together, and it, if it works through the whole supply chain, yeah, hopefully that continued collaboration, we're going to keep seeing more of it. Okay, so moving on from some of our favorite bigger topics, as the content team, we are primarily writers, and so Viv and I in particular spend a lot of time writing articles for CPHR Online. I mean, I find it absolutely fascinating and such a privilege to be able to get to do this, doing the research into the trending topics, talking to experts in the fields that we're covering and to put together a piece of work that people find interesting and hopefully educational. It's really fulfilling. And I think I just wanted to talk a little bit about some of these articles that we've produced over the past year, ones that we've enjoyed writing and are particularly proud of. So, I'm going to start. One of my favorite articles to keep up with has been the drug approvals pieces. So, I've done a couple of these. We kicked off the year in January with a recap of the approvals from 2022 and with a couple of what we can expect in 2023. And then, halfway through the year, I wrote an update with 2023 approvals so far. So, I found this a really interesting piece to write to see just like the progression of drugs in the approval process, how they each go through each stages and the criteria and how they keep up with the changing regulations and things like that. It's really, really interesting. And it covers a whole range of different fields in medicine, anything from oncology, COVID, all sorts of different things. And it's also really interesting to see year on year how it changes in different like novel drug approvals as opposed to repurposed drugs and things like that, as well as just the number of approvals, how this changes year on year. We saw a lot more in 2023 than we did in 2022 and it's been building and I think it's going to be really, really interesting to see how this continues to change over the next few years because there's so many things that have happened and come into action in 2023 that will affect this in terms of legislation and, again, changing regulations. I've talked about it on some other podcasts and in a few other articles, particularly in the US. You have to consider the Inflation Reduction Act coming into play and how the price negotiations with Medicare will play out with some of the big pharma companies. There's a lot of um, discussion around this. I think nobody really fully knows how how it's going to turn out for the industry whether it will have impacts on innovation and things like that, or as we come up to a lot of patents expirations in the next few years as well, how, how this is going to affect this. So. I think it's super interesting and definitely looking forward to seeing how it goes with the drug approvals. Uh, I also think it's just a really helpful article for people to read in the industry and for patients alike as well. It's uh, one of those articles that's kind of applicable to to a really wide audience, which is is really good and really nice as a writer for you to have that kind of an impact. So I'm going to keep writing those articles and hopefully keep everyone updated. Uh, Viv, do you have any favourite articles that you've written over the past year?
2: Yeah, I've got quite a few just on the 2023 drug approvals. um, That is one of our 2024 pharma trends that we will be talking about in our upcoming 2024 pharma trends report that will be published in January. And it's really interesting to see which drugs will be placed through kind of accelerated approval schemes um, and which drugs and therapeutics will be prioritised at the moment There's a lot of talk about GLP-1 therapy drug products with the talk about Ozempic and Wagovi and how they're being used for off-label use at the moment for weight loss. Um, It's really interesting to see which drugs are being prioritized at the moment and uh, into the next year. So I think that's one to watch out for in our uh, upcoming trend report In terms of articles that I've worked on over the past year, one that I really enjoyed working on was our mRNA article discussing the packaging and delivery of mRNA therapeutics. I think especially post-COVID, we've had a lot of discussion about mRNA therapeutics and their future use, um, especially with the COVID vaccine. But we're also seeing vaccines for other infectious diseases and autoimmune diseases. And there's especially a lot of talk about cancer vaccines with mRNA therapeutics, and ultimately there's going to be a lot of discussion regarding the transportation of these vaccines that require a lot of careful planning and really depends on what the industry prioritizes, whether that's time to market, drug lifecycle management, or patient centricity, or you know one of a number of different priorities that the supply chain needs to, needs to consider. We've also published two trend reports this past year, uh, which was really exciting for CPHI Online. It's really great to understand trending topics within the pharmaceutical supply chain from the experts themselves. So one of these trend reports was in partnership with Thermo Fisher Scientific that looked at CDMO and CRO partnerships that, um, as Tar mentioned, um, how these Partnerships are evolving from transactional to more collaborative relationships in order to meet customer and consumer demands, as well as meeting the increase we're seeing in advanced and complex therapeutics going to market. So, I think that's a really interesting trend that we're seeing in the next year. The other trend report we uh, worked on was in collaboration with KSM 66, Ashwagandha, and looked at how natural ingredient products and nutraceuticals are evolving and how that industry can work in tandem with the pharmaceutical industry. What we found is that there's a big push for science-based evidence for these products and ingredients to uh, help consolidate regulations and guidance for these products. And there's also a big discussion for pharmaceutical incentives in investing in traditional ingredients that, you know, can't be patented. You can't really patent ginger, for example. So yeah, there's a lot of talk about how to incentivize investing in these ingredients. And as well as there's a lot of discussion about adulteration and quality control challenges, uh, because it is such, not unregulated, but the regulations aren't standardized across the industry and around the globe. So there's still quite a few challenges regarding this industry that I think we're going to be seeing a huge push to develop in the next few years. And yeah, those those were just a few articles and reports that have been some of the highlights of the past year.
1: Yeah, thanks, Viv. I mean, the amount of effort that you've put into those reports over the past year has been just unbelievable. So I think definitely should be uh, highlighting those. And they're really, really brilliant. They're something that everybody should be downloading right now and reading because they're very educational and yeah they're just covering some really really brilliant topics that would be really really great for the industry so thanks for that. Tara I think you are a bit of a fan of digital marketing if you want to talk about that for a little bit
0: yeah so obviously you guys are creating industry focused content on like trends, developments, products, solutions, where the market is heading, which is really, really interesting. But one thing actually that has surprised me this year in terms of looking back through the most viewed articles on CPHI online is the huge appetite for content around how pharma B2B marketing will look going forward. So I think that, The model of marketing has really shifted for pharma in the past few years. And, you know, pre-COVID, I think most event companies would tell you, maybe they'll still tell you this, that having the opportunity to meet clients, both existing and prospective clients face-to-face at an event is one of the most powerful ways to generate leads, to get that face-to-face interaction also to promote your brand, to take part in speaking opportunities. Events have always been a really important vehicle for pharma in terms of B2B marketing. But obviously what we saw with COVID is that with events off the table for a period of time, a lot of companies were a little bit lost in terms of how they are going to achieve goals in terms of lead generation and, and that same level of brand promotion. And what we saw is a big appetite for Digital. I mean, no surprises. We know that there was a lot of webinars, that digital content was on the up, that digital advertising was on the up. And I think with Pharma, they had relied so heavily on events for those marketing needs in the years prior that this was kind of a new venture for them. It was the unknown. So we have been producing a lot more content on some of the digital marketing solutions that we as CPHI are offering our audience now. So we run monthly webinars. Uh, We've alluded to the trend reports that we produce there. We also have the CPHI Online Newsletter, which is a great vehicle for banner ads and for promoting specific pieces of content. And we're seeing a real appetite from pharma companies in learning about best practice when it comes to marketing or diversifying their strategy. So, one of the trend reports that we created this year was all around exactly that. Uh, So, it's called Prescription for Marketing Success, written by Viv, outlining different approaches, different channels, what you can expect, basically how you can diversify your entire marketing strategy so that, yes, events will always be a crucial part of that strategy, but they're not the only, the only element, and there are a lot of benefits to be had by leveraging digital. We actually are going to be hosting a webinar in 2024 at the end of February, on the 20th, that's going to be looking at content marketing specifically and how that can uh, really help achieve goals around lead gen brand visibility and brand power so it wasn't something that we expected to see this year but we responded to that need that appetite for marketing copy with producing the report and we have a few more things planned for next year both online and at our in-person event so yeah that was um, a really interesting one for me it's great to see that the industry is thinking about the future of marketing and what that looks like
1: yeah for sure i think like you said it's something that's such a huge part of how companies are running now and pharmaceutical companies are taking heed how they're portraying themselves and in loads of different aspects and i think it's it's becoming a lot more important and that ties back into diversity and sustainability and all of that as well again pharmaceutical companies are recognizing how important that is and how they come across not just in the products that they offer but in how they're portrayed as a company and what that adds to sort of just like the world as a whole which is really good to see and hopefully we can provide some material to help them with that which will be great all right does anybody else have any other articles or topics that they want to talk about at all that they've thought have been really really interesting from from 2023
0: So one more article that was really well received this year was one about the new Alzheimer's approval. So the first of its kind Alzheimer's drug, um, which got US FDA approval earlier this year. So following on from the uh, drug approvals article that Viv mentioned, I think there's a huge amount of development going on around Alzheimer's at the moment. I think it's a really exciting area. And hoping to see more progression from the industry next year. We touched on it a little bit at CPHI this year, talking about biomarkers, excited to see what happens basically with approvals and, and drug development around the Alzheimer's space next year.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We saw a lot in the news about Alzheimer's. There was um, touching on the biomarkers, there was new diagnostic tests, there was just a, using like a lateral flow test like we did with COVID, which is, should really revolutionise diagnostics and be able to identify the disease like early on, which will be revolutionary for the treatment of patients uh, with the disease. And yeah, like you said, there was a couple of drug approvals, there's been a bit of back and forth with those, and it's been really, really interesting to follow from a couple of different companies like uh Eli Lilly They've been really really big, and it's really interesting to see how they those um therapeutics have been progressing through clinical trials and through the approval stages and in fact, we had uh one of our podcasts was with an uh, expert in neuroscience and neurodegenerative disorders uh alan palmer and that was really, really interesting because we got to talk about. Going back into the history of the disease and the research about it, and he was saying that a lot of the therapeutics that we're discussing today—they've—they've they've been in the pipeline. We've known about them for decades, but there's just been so much back and forth going over them about how they can actually uh, benefit patients using them. And, but he's sort of hesitant to say that there's you know real tangible progress at the minute. But I think that there's definitely a lot of potential in the industry. So I think 2024 will hopefully show how we can really really start to um, really like help pay patients uh, as individuals and bringing that into a lot of personalized medicine and things like that should be should be really really interesting
2: yeah I just wanted to mention as well that packaging is or was a huge topic in 2023 uh, especially with the rise of the contract packaging uh, organization we talk a lot about CDMO and CRO partnerships but I think a really important part of those collaborative partnerships. Also includes contract packaging organizations, and it'll be really interesting leading up to PharmaPack 2024 at the end of January to see uh, how those relationships have developed since the last PharmaPack and how they'll be continuing to develop into the next year as we start to consider things such as cold chain logistics and, uh, of course, sustainability uh, with regards to new packaging regulations coming into effect.
1: Yeah, I agree. I love that we keep talking about sustainability. I keep coming back round to it, you see. We've got more sustainability partners at PharmaPack in 2024 and hopefully there'll be a lot more looking back. I remember from Pack in 2023, I spoke to so many people about sustainability and we saw so many different products that were thinking about more sustainable ways of producing packaging and the packaging themselves and all the way through waste and the end of life of these products as well so i think that'll be really interesting to see how we've progressed from from 2023 to what we're going to be having a look at in farmer pack in 2024 okay so i think we should probably wrap that up there i feel like we could talk about all of our different articles forever i could certainly keep bringing it back around to sustainability but um We should probably uh, close things off now. Thank you so much, Tara and Viv, for joining me today. And I hope you had a good time looking through some of our work and what we've been doing for the last year. And hopefully we can continue to keep up the good work for 2024.
0: Thank you for having us. And uh, yeah, just a quick shout out that we have our 2024 trend report coming out in early January, as Viv's mentioned. So um, make sure you visit CPHI online to really get the heads up of all the trends that we as CPHI, but also a lot of our key stakeholders and partners see as being instrumental for the coming year.
2: Yeah, thanks for having us, Lucy.
1: Thank you again to Tara and Vivian for joining me on this episode. It was really great to be able to spend some time with my team recapping on the year, thinking about everything that we've achieved and learned individually, as well as being able to bring to our audience. And it's made me really excited for what we've got to offer in 2024. I'll include all of the articles and reports that we mentioned today in the show notes, as well as the details about our upcoming content and events. And make sure you subscribe to the CPHI online newsletter for updates about these as well. So that wraps up 2023 for the CPHI podcast series. It's been a really great 12 months. Thank you to everyone who's listened for the past year. And I hope you stick with me into 2024. We're just really, really looking forward to next year. So wishing a happy holiday to all those who celebrate and I will see you next year.
0: Thank you for listening to the CPHI podcast series. For pharmaceutical news, webinars, events and more, visit CPHI online dot com.